What is the truth in the stories we are told? We've been given a story of a world fueled by separation. We've become separate from one another, separate from the earth, ultimately separate from the true nature of ourselves. It's time we learn the truth. It's time you rewrite your story. It's time to realign with who it is that you really are. This is the fifth dimension. You are infinite and eternal. We are infinite and eternal. Our natural essence, we could say, is, is simply being. We have this awakening coming together as a perfect storm. We're ready for this. We have the capacity inside. We just got to find that. All right. Everybody, welcome in to the Fifth Dimension Podcast. You know, I had no intention of doing a podcast this evening whatsoever. You know, things just kind of come into alignment as they do. Uh, but I want to thank you for tuning in. This is actually on the eve of my birthday by about an hour. We're sitting here Wednesday, December 28th at 10.55 p.m. I turned 27 on December 29th. So we got about an hour. Maybe uh, this podcast will stretch and uh, into my birthday. We'll hit my birthday live on the air. So I want to thank you all for tuning in. And really the intention of this podcast is uh, to engage in self-reflection on where it is that I'm at personally, where we are at as a collective and how it is that we move forward. And ultimately, you know, what is the year ahead going to bring? Now I'm going to be pulling tarot cards live on the air and you know i think this is actually a good way for the audience here you know i talk a lot about tarot but i haven't necessarily demonstrated that on the podcast or doing tarot readings so i think this is a good opportunity to really get familiar with the tarot and my style of tarot and how i interpret these cards because i think it's very telling uh to do a year ahead forecast and really play into some of the major themes that we're going to be seeing take place. Um, so I want to thank you all for joining me. <laughs> you know, like I said, I was just kind of doing this podcast. Uh, I wasn't even going to do it as a podcast. I was just going to pull the cards for myself. And I just had this thought I would love to document it. And I feel I can document it in this format. So uh, I'm thankful you guys are here. If you would like an individual tarot reading, uh, you can always reach out to me. I do them by donation base. And uh, be sure to subscribe on Substack, mcdermott.substack.com. You can head on over that way. And I uh, hope you all had a wonderful holiday. Merry Christmas. Got to spend it with family. Enjoy. I was actually all out on my own. This is my first Christmas by myself this year. And, uh, you know, it's really nice to... I'm, I'm somebody who really, I would say, enjoys solitude. Uh, so it was, it was different this year. It's definitely different. Uh, you know, my family is all over the country. I'm in Montana. I got uh, people all over the country. I'm actually the only one in my family in Montana. So, uh, but I hope you all had a wonderful holiday. And, uh, you know, let's get to pulling the cards. I actually already pulled one off the air uh, before I hopped on here. I really sat with the cards, sat in meditation with this. And just to, you know, really get the right intention and feel into the right intention. I wanted to ensure that we were putting out the right energy here. And this first card really is sort of the major theme that we're looking at throughout the year, you know, going into 2023. Uh, certainly 
this is a paradoxical statement. Certainly, there's a lot of uncertainty. How can you say certainly there's uncertainty? <laughs> um, I know we're all looking at a great deal of uncertainty, certainly on a collective level, the direction that society is moving. Obviously, we've documented that quite a bit on this podcast. Um, and, you know, I think all of us in our own personal lives, you know, it doesn't matter who we are. We always have things that we are. Uh, I would say life is giving us opportunities to level up all the time. And that can come in the form of challenges. It can come in the form of hardship, difficulty, uh, new love, new opportunities. So we're going to really see what the major themes are. And the first card that I got was the card of the chariot. Now, the chariot, you know, I like to think of it as riding on the backs of your chariot with full confidence, with a full empowerment, a full knowing of who you are. And that's really what the energy of the chariot card brings. You know, we have to believe in ourselves, not just believe, we have to know in ourselves the major theme of 2023 is going to be knowing yourself radically. This is the year you're going to continue to uncover deep, deep levels of truth within your being. A deep understanding of who you are. So, you know, ride on the back of your chariot to continue. Uh, you know, as I, we can think of it in the terms of the hero's journey. And I'm working on a tarot deck right now and you know i've kind of outlined a lot of the cards i'm writing about in the hero's journey format you know the chariot is really at the end of that initiation phase where the great mystery and the great adventure in a way it's just beginning so the chariot card you know we we're going to need to be confident in ourselves we're going to need to know who we are and let that guide us forward because we are going to likely place challenges we are going to face uncertainty and the only way to combat the unknown is with faith it's unknown for a reason you can't use your rational mind to conquer the unknown you have to use your heart and it's not even necessarily about conquering the unknown it's about embracing its presence and diving headfirst into it integrating oneself with the great mystery is what it's all about so that chariot card you know, really, really believe in yourself. Know in who you are. Know in the processes that are meant to unfold and ultimately how it is that we are meant to move forward. So fully believe in your magic. Follow your heart radically. Open yourself up to the expansiveness of the great mystery. And, you know, you can't go wrong. You really can't go wrong. So this is sort of the major overlying theme. And what I'm going to do, I really had to sit with this. Because, you know, at first it's easy to just say, oh, I'll do a year ahead spread. And you go, January, February, March, April, May. And, and something about that personally just didn't... Um, feel right. I don't know. There was something a little off-putting about it. So I decided um, what I'm going to do, and this isn't going to necessarily be uh, chronological. You can take it chronologically if you would like, 
But what I feel called to do is call is call out and pull 13 cards. And the reason I'm doing this is because of the 13 lunar cycles. I'm very much more in alignment with that calendar. So I guess that's nature's calendar in a way than the 12-month calendar we use. There's certainly a inverted history about that if you want to get into the conspiracy theories you want to go down there quote-unquote conspiracy theories we all know what a conspiracy theory is it's just somebody who's ahead of the ball game um but what i'm saying is that uh it to me it feels much more natural to pull pull out 13 cards and you know i'm certain as we go through the year and as you check back on this each theme will align with the theme of each moon cycle um, so it will be chronological in a sense, but these are going to be the 13 major themes and I'm not going to necessarily have a chrono chronology to it. Um, but in a way it'll, it'll all flow in a line in with one another. So our major theme is a chariot and these are some other ideas that we should definitely, uh, hone in on ultimately. And I'm going to use a few different decks for this. I pulled from my golden tarot deck for the. Uh, major theme, the chariot, and I am going to pull uh, from my fairy lights deck on the next card. And our first theme that we are looking at is actually the king of wands. So what I'm going to do for you guys, and you know, I don't always use the uh, the books per se. I'm very familiar with most cards and most suits, and I'm going to explain some of the suits as we go along here. Um, but I do. I will read what each book has to say about each card, and it's usually very short. Uh, but I think it could be helpful for people. Uh, I always encourage you read from the deck because the author's interpretation, whether it's the artwork itself or whether it's the words that they use, you're pulling from that deck for a reason. You're called to that deck for a reason. What does the author have to say about that? What are they? tapping into that is in alignment with your energy in that moment so i always think it's helpful to read it because usually even if it's just a word or two you can pull something out that really is in alignment with what it is that you are uncovering so the king of wands here one who inspires loyalty through his fair-mindedness and his willingness to adapt to the changing times the king of wands so, again, this really plays in to the theme of the chariot about self-empowerment. Wands in itself is a suit of creativity. When you are stepping into your king energy, you almost have to think of it as you are the ruler of your own domain. How would you treat yourself? That's how you're going to end up treating others, right? So you need to be open. You need to be fair-minded. You know, lose the judgment. You know, we're all going through life on this journey together right we're all like I, I i don't need to explain that you guys know this i know this uh but sometimes we get lost in our story of separateness we forget that we're all one interconnected being and that there is no you and me it is just self capital s and what is self but an extension and individual expressions of source of god so you know, with the King of Wands energy, our first real theme here, it is to use your creativity to unlock your King energy. And King energy, that doesn't just mean males. Females, you got that King energy in you too. 
You know, it's not bound to just one sex here. Really unlock that side of yourself and let yourself be open to it with an open heart and open mind and uh, flow into it, flow into it. So with that, we're going to see what our second card is here. I do feel called to pull another from the fairy deck. You know, I'm just going to wherever the heart leads, the brain will fall along. That's sort of my life motto. That's what we do here on the fifth dimension. Uh, This is your first episode. Tune in. Hopefully you're getting a little fifth dimensional vibes here. All right. And what we got here for our second card, and it's interesting because we don't always get the character cards, but uh, it's very telling that we drew another character card here, and that is the Queen of Cups. Queen of Cups, beautiful card. The suit of cups in particular is all about love. It is all about connection. It is all about harmony. So when we look at the Queen of Cups, One who embraces life with passionate delight, greeting each new day as an opportunity to love. And I mentioned that word love and us opening up our hearts when I was talking about the chariot. You know, (laughs) to open ourselves up to love, to go into each day as an opportunity to love. What a radical way to live life. What an empowering way to be each day a new opportunity to love. Each day to greet people with an open heart, with a smile. Each day choosing to see people for who they are and choosing to see yourself for who you are. Ah, what a beautiful, beautiful opportunity this upcoming year is going to be in that regard. You know, because when you can show up in love and you say, I am going to show up for love today, you're going to ask, what would love do now? And we've talked about this question so much on this show. Paul Check first posed it to me back in July, and it really, really rung true so deeply. What would love do now? If each day is an opportunity to love, it's an opportunity to live purely in alignment with love's expression. And what is love's expression? It's the call of the heart. It's the dreams manifest into reality. It's the beauty. It's the reverence. It's the sacredness. It's the lovers intertwined. The lover with the beloved Escaping from the trap of duality into unity. Synchronization. Beautiful. So open yourself up to love in this upcoming year. You know, that is going to be a major theme. But to do that, you will need to ride the back of the chariot. You will need to rally your confidence. It's not always going to be easy to choose the path of love. If it were easy, everybody would do it. We wouldn't be living so separate. I think a big theme is going to be uprooting the cultural story we are so accustomed to. So let's dive into our next deck. I'm actually feeling called to pull from the Native American deck now. I think I will come back to the fairy lights, but step of that one, I would like a bit of the wisdom of the elders here. Ooh, and another 
character card. That's beautiful. And this is the Maiden of Shields. And I'll read a little bit about what the Maiden of Shields is. And if you were to, I guess, hierarchically... So the thing is about character cards, they're not hierarchy. Like, there is no above one or the other. Um, but if we're talking about the Maiden, it's very similar to, like, the Princess or the Daughter, or depending on uh, what deck you're looking at. And it's I, what I really like about the Native American deck in particular, maybe we'll end up getting a card... Uh, like this I wouldn't say it's an intro level deck by any means I think you do need to have a little experience in tarot to really uh, get the most out of this deck in particular but what I like about it is uh, sort of the because a lot of times people put the characters in hierarchy and they put the queen or the king as this like the top quote-unquote top card um, and I guess you could say it's about I don't want to say level of responsibility. I don't necessarily know what the right word is. Uh, they're sort of like the head of it in a, in a way. I guess the father figure sometimes is viewed as the head of the family or whatever. I, and Maybe that's some outdated role. I don't know. I, it, it feels sort of um, like that's ingrained in a lot of different ways. But the Native American deck has the matriarch as the sort of head of the suits and i find that very interesting to lead off with the matriarch because the matriarchal figure it's like the wise elder and that matriarch is also usually um you know it's it's the wise elder sometimes and a lot of times it's more equated with a feminine figure so uh but we really have lost touch with the elders we've really lost touch with that sort of wisdom so I really like that this deck in particular does that. But let's get into the main of the shields. And shields is the equivalent of pentacles, which is very much an earthly suit, grounding. Uh, that's often what we can associate it with it. So let's read it here. This is a little bit of a longer book definition, but I think it's important to read it. The maiden of shields is one of a household of many talented, virtuous women. The shield she holds as a gift is in the shape of a rosette and has the appearance of being beaded or quilled bead or quill work is a craft as old as the native americans themselves and to be an expert at it brought great prestige to be generous with handiwork was again virtuous depicted with the maiden is a young elk in the woods the elk is a totem its skin tans beautifully and dyes well. The maiden is dressed in cloth, showing the old, the new, and the rosette, the ageless. Essentially, the maiden of shields is the epitome of womanhood, with all the characteristics contained therein. What quality becomes paramount depends entirely upon the influences to which she is subjected. Her attributes will invariably be essentially pure, but one thing is for certain, with her nothing is certain how funny that we just talked about that paradox i pointed that out specifically <laughs> with uh one thing is for certain nothing is certain and you know it's so it's so funny there's no such thing as a coincidence my goodness just the little synchronicities and how it all aligns across different decks here um like you know you can't make this stuff up <laughs> this is why i love tarot uh, you just have those little moments that kind of make you laugh. And it's like, okay, that's interesting. Uh, but really, again, we're continuing to the, into the theme of 
there's a level of uncertainty, but there is an awakening. There is an empowering. With the Maiden of Shields, it is that pure divine feminine energy. It is that virtue within the divine feminine, that beauty, that reverence that we can hold for the sacred goddess. That is what is arising with the Maiden of Shields. And so, you know, again, this doesn't have to be bound by sex. We're not talking men versus women. Like, we're not... It, it, this doesn't have to be bound that way. Then we have a divine feminine. What does that represent? It represents our creativity, our love, our ability to open up in that regard and be compassionate. And, you know, I think it's going to be a rise of the feminine in this upcoming year. And not a rise in the sense of political power, material gain, all of these uh traits that we associate with with the rise if you look at say things like feminism it usually equates to like political uh physical status but what we're looking at is a spiritual reclamation of the wild woman the spiritual reclamation of the wild woman the integration of women returning to who they are in terms of that virtue, uh, almost a domesticity in a way, in intertwined and integrated with the new woman of the 21st century, the one who is empowered and able to make shit happen on her own, the warrior woman. I feel we have been seeing the rise of the warrior woman. We have been seeing the rise of the, the gentleness, the mother, all these different qualities, and I think what we're going to see is that feminine energy see a new level of integration, not just on an individual scale, but on a collective scale. So really tap into that divine feminine energy. Sit with it. See what it is that you can learn by simply sitting in its presence. You know, open yourself up to it. It is truly powerful to integrate the divine feminine as a man as somebody for me you know i view myself as uh, i'd say i'm very comfortable in the feminine i always have been um uh, but you know even my, I've, I've say i've been focusing on the masculine side in a sense in developing that because uh, i think it's very important for me to do that but also i look for ways i need to keep honest with the divine feminine and allow that to hold space and find that level of balance, temperance, if you will, right? So give space to your divine feminine. Allow it to nourish, flourish, thrive, and uh, let it energize and, and bring a sense of delight, pleasure, love, tranquility within your being. So I feel called to pull another Native American card, another Native American tarot. We're starting to see how all of these themes really play together. It's about that full level of empowerment. You know, we've seen the king energy, the queen energy, the maiden energy. It's about all of these different archetypal truths that live within us. These different roles, allowing them to come to fruition. Stepping into full empowerment Ooh, all right Ooh, yeah this is a major one this is a big one okay uh, so we pulled the justice card i'm gonna have a lot to say about the justice card because this is something that whether we realize it or not we have been working with this energy profoundly over the last couple of years 
This has been a major, major, major theme, uh, especially as I've been pulling tarot. Uh, justice is always coming up. In this deck, it is number 11. I've used decks where it's as early as 8. So, you know, the uh, uh, it really depends on what deck you're reading. But justice is a huge card. And I will read a little bit about it here uh, for you guys. Justice represents equilibrium in all things, as in nature. Nature, not though just, is exact. This card is symbolic of the communal secret course of judgment in which all current experience is absorbed, transmuted, and finally passed on to be manifested further, in this case, in the tribal council. Equilibrium of the tribal whole stands apart from any individual prejudices. It is impossible to act without creating a reaction in every lodge. In this card, the virtue of every act is assessed and precise justification demanded, fulfilling a law of karma. To fully satisfy destiny, every form of energy that must be directed and applied with utmost integrity. So justice is all about that karmic notion, the recognition. You know, every choice does have that karmic impact. So a big theme that we're going to be seeing this year is the continuing as we are rising into our fullness, as we are allowing our our hearts open with a deeper level of love, as we are allowing the rise of the divine feminine, we get to decide. At the rate that this is going to take place, we get to decide how we choose to show up. It's all within our own choice, right? That is what free will is. And really, uh, justice is interesting because it goes beyond right or wrong. You know, one thing we have to recognize with the justice energy, uh, it's that there's never a clear right choice, You know, let's say you have, well, really, you always have infinite options. Uh, But let's just say you have two options in front of you. You can choose one path, uh, one option, the first, let's say option A. You go down that path, you create a karmic response, you have the circumstances ultimately succumb to that energy, whatever it may be, you have the results of that choice. And then you have the other path, which you'll just have the results of that choice. You know, generally, as long as you are abiding by your morals, your ethics, you're not making any wrong choices. You know, for example, before coming to Montana, the day of, I had to make the choice, all right, am I going to go to Montana or am I going to go to Texas? And I was still intending to go to Texas if I went to Montana. I didn't end up leaving Montana, obviously. I'm still here. Um, But the day of, I was like, you know, I don't really know what I should do. If I had went down to Texas without coming to Montana first, I'd be in Texas. You know, it w- w- would I be looking back on it as the wrong decision? No, probably not. I doubt it. I probably would have fit, settled down there. Life would have been going on as per usual. And that would have been my path. That would have been the path I chose. I'd probably learn a lot of the same lessons, to be perfectly honest. But that would have been the path. And... You know, maybe I would have had that little inkling of, oh, I wonder what would have happened if I went to Montana, but I could still sit here and say the same thing. Oh, I wonder what would have happened if I went to Texas. It's a complete unknown. It's a great mystery either way. So there's no right or wrong. It's just the path. It's just the path. And, and remember that as you move forward. Really focus 
or the qualities that you would like to put into your decision making. And I think a lot of them are going to be the themes we've already talked about here. Self-empowerment, love, uh, really a rise of this creative, fertile energy. So trust yourself. You know, you'll make the right decisions because there are no wrong decisions. It's really as simple as that. So go with the flow. Believe in yourself. You got this. Uh, I'm going to pull another one from my golden tarot, which is actually the one we pulled the chariot, the original card from. So we are up to the one major theme chariot. We have four cards, four themes drawn. Again, we are pulling 13 cards for the lunar cycles here. Oh, there goes one. It just came flying out and fell onto the floor. Sometimes the card just really wants to come out. It'll do that. Let's see what we got. Ah. Ooh, we got the Ten of Wands. Okay. And if you can look at the imagery, anybody who's sort of watching on YouTube, you can kind of tell, get, get the eerie vibes from it. You can usually look at it in image and say, oh, now this is something. What are we diving into here? So let's look at the Ten of Wands. I'll read directly again from the book. I think it's important to uh, spell that out because you can always get something from the author's interpretation. Always, I promise you. Everybody is your teacher when you know how to listen. A downcast man struggles with a burden of Ten Wands. Nearby are three heavy sacks as though waiting to add to his burden. A high wall is behind him. But ahead is a beautiful city with a harbor, surrounded by protective mountains. Carrying a heavy load, take care not to take on more than you can handle. Spreading yourself too thin could lead to an emotional and spiritual low. And you know, again, wands being the suit of creativity. Really here, we could be looking at some creative blockages. You know, when we are holding on internally, we can't let go. We don't allow for the new to present itself. You know, we have to find the space in order to let new in. It's very simple. So I think a big theme of 2023 is we really step into our this new level of who we want to be. And the choices that we have to make based on the justice card, it's going to be about letting go. Becoming who we're meant to be is not about taking action often. It's about uh, ceasing the actions or ceasing the qualities that no longer serve us. You know, it's about engaging in self-reflection and recognize that addition by subtraction is often a very real thing, right? And that we can learn about ourselves and heal and grow and take multiple steps forward by taking that step back and really surrendering and choosing to open our heart and trust ourselves enough to let go. You know, we hold on because we're afraid or it was a survival strategy. It was how we learned to get through and fill a void often. You know, our society can be so meaningless, purposeless when we're not connected with who we are and we pick up all of these survival strategies along the way to try and give this life a deeper meaning. And when we start tapping into the true deeper meaning, it's it can be difficult to let go of 
uh, what no longer serves us. I don't want to call it baggage because it served you. You know, really, we have to hold gratitude for it. A way to let go is to look at what you want to let go of and speak to it directly. And you can say, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You have served me. You have allowed me the opportunity to grow. You have allowed me the opportunity to self-reflect, to be present with you. One may look at something as bad or uh, hold judgment, but let's not hold that energy here today. Today, I choose to see in my full totality who I am and who I have been and release what is no longer serving me. And I know what no longer serves me and I see it within my third eye. I feel it within my heart. And I thank it, and I thank it, and I thank it. Because all it was trying to do was protect me. But I don't need its protection anymore. I don't need its protection anymore. Because I fully can rely on love and faith. Blessed be, blessed be. We choose to let go. If you find yourself carrying a heavy load this year, or no, whatever it may be, keep coming back to the heart. You can, you can let it go. You don't need my permission. You don't need anybody's permission to be yourself. Trust yourself to let go. And let's see how this plays into our next theme here. Letting go, maybe carrying those heavy burdens. And what we have is the Four of Cups. Four of Cups, again, about connection, about love. Suit of Cups, that's what it's all about. So, you know, let's see what we have and what the author's interpretation of the Four of Cups is. And I will expand upon it. Because uh, this is, again, another powerful card. A boy sits sulkily with his arms crossed as an angel. Oh, you know what? I'm sorry. I completely... Wow, this is the page of cups. I read the four. I read four of cups. I don't know why. I was going to say, that don't look like the four of cups. Because the four of cups is generally a card that is sort of down. And I'm looking at his face and I'm like... Yo, he don't look that sad. That's a very interesting interpretation. I read a boy said sulkily. I'm like, that dude's not sulking. This man is not sulking. Page of Cups. I can't believe I read it as Four of Cups. I bet you the Four of Cups is going to come out later. I bet you the Four of Cups is going to come out later. And you know what? It's going to be funny when it does. Uh, Page of Cups. Again, this is actually very similar to the uh, Maiden. So, uh, same. Uh, uh, I don't want to say hierarchy level. It's not a hierarchy. Anyways, a pretty blonde youth in fine gift clothing holds a large cup from which a fish emerges. That sounds more correct. <laughs> As though speaking to him, the youth carries a message and stands beside the sea. There are seabirds and a boat in the background. An emotional youth, creativity and inspiration, development of a strong emotional tie, important time in relationship, deep and significant change. A quiet, gentle and studious youth or an older person with youthful qualities, a message or news. So based on the last card that we got about letting go, 
uh, when we are able to let go, uh, we're going to almost find and enter into a almost a, a level of spontaneity, an unknown, an innocence, if you will, as we step into deeper levels of relationships and deeper levels of love and intimacy, and not just with others, not just with oneself, but with the entirety of life. You know, you are the lover and life is the beloved. Can you intertwine and engage in a dance of the divine as you move forward in life with every choice, every moment? It's all one play. It's all one dance. The rhythm continually flows. Can you step into that? Can you be with that? Can you open your heart to that radical possibility? So that's what the Page of Cups is all about. It's new. You know, you're not going to do it all the time necessarily. You're going to slip up. You're going to forget. But it's about a game of remembering. It's the infinite loop. I was talking to my friend Matty about this just yesterday. This is an infinite loop. And I talked to James Tunney about loops. <laughs> we just talked about the totalitarian loop. You want to go listen to what a loop is? Go listen to my podcast with James Tunney. It's the foundational building block of reality. It's the synchronicity, the synchronization of you with life. That's all synchronicity is. It is when you are one and recognizing the interconnections. That's all it is. So this is a time to really allow yourself to be guided into that synchronicities, to that spontaneity. You don't have to know where you're going necessarily. Life will present to you the details. Life will present to you the love, the beauty. All right, so open yourself up to it. It's a beautiful time to do so. You don't need to fear this. I promise you it'll all work out. But uh, just keep your heart open. Keep going with that flow. So let's jump into our next card here. I'm going to pull one, another one here from the Golden Tarot. I was really feeling, this is the first one that I picked up and I've been really feeling it. Um, I am going to pull a few from the Wild Unknown soon. That's the deck I'm most familiar with. I'm kind of saving those ones for the end. Um, that's the deck I'm most... Uh, the Wild Unknown and I go back. We go back. Uh, that was the first deck I ever owned and I've had it for a very long time. And it's... Whew, it smacks me around every once in a while. <laughs> I'll say that. Uh, it's got some serious power to it. It's a loving relationship. I promise that ain't abusive to me. Like, seriously. Uh so it really is actually interesting because I kind of see how a lot of my tarot understanding, getting all these different decks as I'm crafting my own, uh, you know, there's just so much to continually learn and just open yourself up to. So, ooh, oh man. Yeah, this is, an, again, this is this card that just came out. Really big theme for this past year. You know, this has been a really huge idea that I've been living in head first. And this is, again, a theme that's going to continue to come up, especially as we need to ride the back of the chariot. As we continue to rally in our confidence and we grow, we have the eight of swords. And I, again, I will read the book. But what I'll say about the eight of swords here is, you know, just in general in life. We grow through challenge. We grow through difficulty. 
You know, you know we really shy away or run away from difficulty. We don't grow. We're really doing ourselves a disservice. How, how willing are we to sit directly into the flames, directly into the fires? It's a good question. I've found out I tend to have a very high pain tolerance. So I, I push myself in this regard. You know, how, how much are we willing to be in discomfort? And let's read this. Eight of Swords. A woman stands in a harsh, icy landscape. She is blindfolded and bound, although so loosely that she could break free if she struggled. Eight swords are impaled in the ice, and a stream flows swiftly past her. Bondage, disillusion, and loss of hope. A time of difficulty. Indecision could make matters worse. Troubles ahead, illness, or misfortune. Now, I will tell you, I, I will tell you guys, I don't believe in the concept of negative cards. There is no negative card. There is no negative card. So, what I'm going to say about this card is... With the Eight of Swords, you can trust yourself to move through the difficulty directly. A huge theme in this, and something that I've really picked up on is that idea of indecision and indecision being a primary cause of suffering. You know, if we can move directly through the pain that is going to be present, is there, and there's nothing we can do about it, but we allow it to empower us and we move through it instead of allowing us it to take hold of us and us feeling constricted and in a bondage, a trauma bond with the pain itself, that's how we alleviate our suffering. It's not through escaping it. It's not through trying to get rid of it before we're supposed to. It's about seeing seeing it in its fullness. Saying, okay. Okay. I see you. And I'm here. I ain't going anywhere. It just that alone can alleviate your suffering. If you choose to show up for it, there's an empowerment to embracing pain, as I've found. <laughs> it's like probably a masochist 101. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, hey, they didn't say the first word of this. Bondage. You wonder where it comes from. Just saying. <laughs> All right, we didn't have to. I didn't. I didn't have to go there, but I went there. I just couldn't help myself. Uh, I'm gonna pull another card. We're gonna move on from bondage. I think, you know, you can see how this connects into the chariot. And we're actually moving here on the card number eight. Time flies when you're having fun, my friends. And remember, we're doing thirteen for the thirteen lunar cycles. And what we got is the six of shields. I'm pulling again from the Native American deck, and what's depicted is a giveaway dance. Wow, this is going to be a powerful card, guys. Um, if you guys are familiar uh, with, you know, the Native American culture or uh, what a giveaway dance is, I'm going to explain that to you guys uh, once I actually find the little book here. I, I, again, I want to put it into the author's words because I think it's very powerful uh, to hear. And I, I really like the Native American deck. <laughs> 
And one reason I do in particular is because uh, it gives a little, some of it gives a little history too. Like you can hear about the cultural phenomenon and how that plays in and why it's applicable uh, to today. And it's funny, man. I got to give a shout out to one of my uh, basically family over in Chamberlain, South Dakota. Uh, he's been on the podcast. Tony, he was talking, him, he's taught me a lot about Native American culture and uh, the, the notion of a powwow. And he said, we need to, need to come to a powwow. And I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Um, and I got a little bit of Native American in me. Um, Narragansett tribe of Rhode Island. I'm not affiliated with the tribe or anything. You can't like go to the tribe and be like, yo, you know, I'm McDermott. No, I don't know who I am. Um, <laughs> I mean, if you went there with my ancestor's name, then maybe, but I ain't going to give you that. I, mean, I don't even know it off the top of my head. We got some genealogy book and I can go get it if I'm, or I could go, you know, find it out if I wanted to, but I ain't really got the interest right now, at least. Anyways, um, Six of Shields giveaway dance, and I want to read about this because I think it's a really beautiful card, and it really shows us how we move through our bondage and our suffering and our pain and opening ourselves up. And I'm going to read the entire thing of this. It's about three paragraphs, but it's really worth hearing uh, about the co- this concept of powwow in particular, because I think there's a lot from Native American culture that we can learn and integrate into our society. So, powwows were not just conferences or political meetings to the Native Americans. They were a time to get together with friends and relatives from other locals. They are still held both on reservations and in large urban centers. The primary reason for such events in this day and age is to instill in today's children a pride of their race. People dress in traditional tribal attire and participate in arts and crafts contests or in dance contests for large money prizes. The public may attend and view Native American arts and crafts on display and for sale. However, it is after the powwow is closed to the public that the real ceremonies and sings take place. On the last night of the powwow, a giveaway dance is held. People form a huge circle and sing and dance. If a person has made a new friend or has been done a kindness by an old friend, he or she may wish to give this friend a gift in thanks. The giver steps into the center of the circle, sings the praises of the friend, and gives the gift. Then the one who has received the gift steps out, holding it out. Turn to the page here holding it out for all to see, and sings thanks in return. Giveaway dance shows a circle of a blanket-clad Native Americans. Teepees in the background represent a village compound. Two figures dance within the circle, and one displays the gifts from the other. The essence of the giveaway dance is friendship, happiness and gift-giving, the sharing of our wealth and ourselves with others the sharing of our wealth and ourselves with others that's a beautiful card it's a beautiful beautiful lesson that is going to be a big theme in how we navigate this time ahead in times of uncertainty as we've talked about as we feel we're carrying a heavy load as we have these new forms of being arising and feeling levels of empowerment, but feeling levels of bondage and we're unsure where to go. 
we share ourselves with others. We open our hearts to one another. We give our wealth and we give ourselves, not just in service, but in love. In each moment, it's what we talked about earlier, waking up each day, seeing it as an opportunity to love, to celebrate, to hold reverence with one another. This is what the giveaway dance is all about. Opening ourselves up so radically, so fully, we can't help but change the world. It's going to be a byproduct of our open hearts, the way we choose to love one another. How beautiful, how beautiful, how beautiful, how beautiful. Oh, I need to almost (laughs) take a couple deep breaths on that one. Oh, there's a lot to integrate in that. And, you know, I look at my own life and I'm somebody, you know, I sit here and I tell you I spent Christmas alone. You know, and that's fine. I like solitude. I'm very content with being by by myself as myself because I'm comfortable in that. There's a deeper level of vulnerability that is required of us. There's a deeper level of trust and harmony that we can learn by looking at the powwow, for example, by looking at the giveaway dance, by taking that concept applying it into our own everyday lives what is one thing you can give to somebody every day it doesn't have to be material it can be as simple as love and an open heart and your attention and your full presence I wrote a poem about that and the it's in my it's in the mystical collection the poetry book I realize I really don't even advertise that. It's funny. It's been out for a month or two now. You can go buy my book, Mystical Collection, Collection of Poems. Ah, advertisement. Ah. But I wrote a poem about that, and this is this is what makes me think of it. Like, only thing I can offer somebody, I, 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 have no, I have nothing to offer. I have nothing to offer you. I have nothing. Nothing that I can offer you but my presence my full awareness my full presence that's it that's all I can do even in this even in this even this yeah I'm pulling cars but what am I offering you I'm offering you my presence that's really it here I am here I am this is what I'm doing I'm sharing it with you that's all it's like there's not much to it I'm just sitting here with an open heart and I'm like oh hey this could be helpful this could be cool let's do it here 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 take it ah if you stumbled on here ah take it Right? That's all it is. That's all it is. That's all we got to do. That's all we got to do, baby. We got to open ourselves up. Give ourselves away. In the beautiful way. Like, you don't have to sell yourself. When you give, you receive. It's the law of attraction. It's karma. What we talked about earlier. Karmic choice. Justice. Start to see how all of these cards interconnect. Every single one of them. So, trust in the power of giving. Trust in love. Have faith in the natural order of the universe to provide when you choose to give. What a beautiful opportunity we have in front of us. 
beautiful, beautiful, beautiful to come together, harmonize, let's lock hands, and let's find real unity, real unity, it's going to be a theme as we move forward here, how beautiful, so approaching card number nine, I feel called to pull another one from the fairy deck, and sure enough, it came right out, and for this, Ooh. Oh, wow. Ah, I love this card so much. And, you know, I'm more... It's the Six of Swords. Six of Swords. And, you know, I'm I'm used to pulling it from one of my other decks and, like, the wording from it. And just knowing what that deeper... That deeper meaning is. Like, it really hits home. It's It's a really... I think it's a really beautiful card. Six of Swords. It is not weakness to know when retreat is the best course. Take time and space for yourself, even if others do not understand why. And, you know, what I would add to this with my own interpretation, you know, the Swords are all about action. A big theme this year is in action to put it bluntly you know despite everything we've been talking about uh, kind of what we talked about earlier letting go is you know the letting go it's simply it's not an action of letting go it's a liberation it's an internal shift of perception and what you are choosing to internally energetically uh, holding your field so with the six of swords really it's about putting down our swords it's, it's recognizing we don't need to battle against ourselves anymore we don't need to keep fighting and waging war you know the wars in the world are no different than the wars in my own heart I recognize and they got the same energy we don't need to go to war with one another. We can come back to love. Six, it's all about love, union. At least one six is. I don't know. If you start putting a whole bunch of them together. You ah, little dicey. Can also be caution, and it can mean taking a step back. But there's a, a sacred union that's really present for us. When we choose to take a step back and we choose to really align ourselves with this deeper level of love that we know to be possible. And we don't find it through action and trying to grasp at it. We surrender to it. Say, take me. You can take my life if you care. I know I'm infinite and eternal in your grasp. Only through love am I infinite and eternal. So trust yourself. Trust yourself. Recognize where you may be picking up your sword where you don't need to. You know, I'm certainly guilty of that. So many instances. <laughs> you know, and you know, the more I'm doing martial arts too. Um, it's interesting because there's a level of Zen to it. 
And there is a level of uh, action at the same time. The more I'm doing martial arts, the more I'm recognizing the the art of the battle, if you will. So there's an art to picking your battles. There's an art to surrendering and being one. One with the, the totality and the full spectrum and the opposite polarities that are existent within it. So we have four cards left. Maybe I'll pull a fifth one at the end just to sort of put a conclusion on it. But we have four major themes left. And uh, I feel called to pull one more from my Native American deck. Um, and after this, I think from here on out, it is going to be the Wild Unknown. I think that's going to how it shape out. What do we have here? Hostine Coyote. Interesting. Is this the one of... Might be the one of... No. Oh, is this the one of Blades? One of Shia... Well, they call it Blades in this deck. He's holding a blade. So I believe it might be. That's what it looks like, at least. Let's pull it on out. Get you going here. Oh, that's the wrong booklet. It's funny, man. When you got all these cards lying around, you got all these booklets running around, they all connect. I could probably read the same thing from there, and it would be fine. It wouldn't matter too much. It would be similar, but you wouldn't get that exact same interpretation and in what it is that we're uh, aligning with here in uh, this book. Oh, you know what? Hostian Coyote. This might actually be. Yeah, this is Major Arcana. So it's got element. No wonder I saw the blade. Um, it's interesting. So this is very similar if you were to um, look at the magician energy and the action energy. And here we go. As I was just talking about. <laughs> I was just. Oh, man, this is funny. Uh, the paradoxical nature of reality is hilarious because we were just talking about inaction. This card, the magician, is about action. And, you know, it ties back into the justice theme. It ties back into what are the choices you're going to make? You really need to be conscious in your decision making, whether it's inaction or action. There are going to be times for both. You're going to need to hone in on the exact art of inaction versus action. Uh, but yeah, let me read this real quick. The first numbered card of the Major Arcana is traditionally a magician or magus. A magician, by today's interpretation, is one who is adept at slate of hand, in other words, a trickster. The most well-known trickster in Native American lore is the coyote. Hostin Coyote, as he is known to various tribes, brought fire to humanity, as Prometheus did to Greek mythology. He is very similar to the Norse god Loki in temperament. Nothing is sacred, therefore everything is equally important to him. To be granted a wish by a hosting coyote is at best dubious. Be careful in choosing the object of the wish. You are liable to get it, though not as you may have envisioned. Hostine Coyote is pictured with representatives of the four suits found in this tarot deck. In his right hand is fire, his gift to humanity to illustrate the way of the night represented by the crescent moon, and to light the pipe in his left hand. Keeping the Loki temperament in mind, it can be assumed that there is a hallucinogen in that pipe. Oh my goodness, Coyote, let's be friends. <laughs> Therefore, one's perspective may not be clearly focused. Coyote's influence ranges from the lush green of the Buffalo Plains to the majestic purple mountains to the Rockies. 
This card is traditionally attributed to the planet Mercury, the god who bears the wand, baton, or with the Native American, the pipe. The essence of this card is action in all forms and phases, the electric charge of constant creation. Being creative, the trickster has no conscience. If fair means fail, then he uses foul. The legends of the coyote, Loki, and Mercury are myths of cunning. They do not operate on the intellectual level. They use the unconscious will. And you know, as we've been talking about really awakening and empowering to different parts of ourselves and becoming conscious in our decision making, we need to recognize uh, how is it that our subconscious is programmed. And really, the actions that we're speaking to, uh, a big theme is going to be reprogramming so that the actions that we take, the, when they're operating by the unconscious, they are in alignment with love and empowerment and riding the back of the chariot. That's what it's all about. It's not about... Uh, sitting in conscious awareness of, well ideally you want to be in conscious awareness what I'm saying is a lot of these actions that we're speaking of the most important actions you're not even going to be conscious of you're not even going to be conscious about them you're just going to do them and you won't even think about it so can you trust your subconscious to take the wheel <laughs> can you can you and that's why it's so important to find balance and to have periods of non-action and to sit with oneself and to do the inner work and to really uh, do the work to empower and heal and let go of what no longer serves you. Because you're gonna, even if the action is unconscious, there's something to the idea of Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Um, if it's out of complete ignorance, uh, but generally, you know what you need to do. Even when the unconscious might be guiding you into the fiery pits of hell, you know you're not supposed to be going there. So can you take the wheel of the unconscious mind and program it? It's as simple as that. And it's interesting to use that word program. Um, but we got to recognize 80 to 90% of our decisions every day are from the unconscious mind. It's going, that's how the mind operates. So can you really set the program for it? It's as simple as that. It's as simple as that. Hey, guess what? December 29th. Look at that. Hey, 27. What an ominous number. Here we go, baby. I love it. I love it. I love it. 27. 27 trips around the sun. Or if you subscribe to other theories, I don't, I don't discriminate. In the dome, I don't know. In the hollow earth, wherever we may be. On this beautiful planet that we are a part of and is alive. Like a cell within our own individual body, we are to the planet. So, ooh, I was about to say, I'm pulling from the wild unknown, and one flew right out immediately. Oh, man, y'all are going to love this card, because I love this card, because it is the lovers. Oh, my God, I should have known. 
Shenandoah, and we've kind of, I've kind of already talked about the lovers in a sense with some of the earlier cards here about this sacred intertwining lover and beloved. Lovers intertwined. That's what it's all about. The dan escaping the dance of duality into the rhythm of unity. You know, if you if you find that interesting, you need to go like go buy my poetry book. I wrote so many poems about that. Like I think I use that phrase "lovers intertwined" so often. Um, but it's because um, it's something I've really been working to understand. What is the role of the lover, and what is the role of the beloved? Who are the lovers? What does that mean? How do we step into that? And it is such a massive part of one's own journey into spiritual awakening to awaken to the nature of yourself as the lover it's one of the primal archetypal forces of who we are i think it taps to one of the deepest levels of spiritual truth in who we are when we say we're love yeah but we're a little bit deeper we're the lover the one who is the expression of that love so what would love do now? If you continue to ask yourself, you are the lover. What would love do now? How about now? What about now? You are the lover. A big theme is going to be cultivating that love within yourself. And really, once you start on the path of that, you notice how I haven't even mentioned divine partnership necessarily that is a direct manifestation of your own individual journey as the lover it's the reunion with the beloved that is the natural byproduct of being the lover because they are one and the same again that's what it means to be lovers intertwined to recognize the lover and beloved are one that's the whole notion of the twin flame same souls right it's the reunion. Reunion. I wrote a song called Reunion. If I had if I had a ukulele on me, I would play it for y'all, but I do not. Um, <laughs> yo, I'm gonna, I, I don't think I've ever played ukulele on the podcast. That's so funny. I've read poems. I've never played ukulele on the podcast. I love you playing the ukulele. Uh, at some point, I'll get the ukulele, and you can refer back to this episode. I'll play Reunion for y'all. I got a couple songs I've written over the years. Um, a few people, I've played them for a few people. They really liked them. So I'm not just saying they're good because I wrote them. But uh, one of them was called Reunion. So uh, I have to play it for y'all. That's what it's all about. It's about the reunion between the lover and the beloved. And that's that's going to be big. As you, you know, this, you kind of take this reading chronologically. These are the steps to becoming the lover in a way. Is the steps. So, step into it. We got two more major themes here. <gasps> we got two more major themes. Oh, man, look at it. Three cards just came out. Well, you know what's funny is I said I was going to Okay, I see how this is asking to be interpreted. I'm going to put one to the side. These next two cards are our next two themes. And that last one is 
kind of ties it all together. Like I just kind of mentioned that I was thinking about doing. So this next one is the tower. You're familiar with the tarot. You are familiar with the tower. <laughs> this is, and we've kind of already alluded to this about surrendering and letting go, but the tower is that collapse. You know, in this image, you see the 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 tree, which is built so strong and sturdy, getting struck by light, coming down. You know, foundational aspects of who we thought we were are going to be challenged. And we have to embrace that. We have to step into it. We have to accept it. And it's going to hurt. We're still running away from the pain. Especially once you're aware that it's taking place and you understand why it's happening. The foundational aspect of who you think you are may, if it's challenged and you find that it is an illusion, what is your response? Can you find peace within the chaos as the walls begin caving in? So that's, there are going to be points and this year, as we've already alerted, alluded to with the bondage, as we've already alluded to uh, with surrendering and letting go, uh, as we go into this process, as we enter into love, our hearts will be challenged. Can't we continue to love even if it feels the world is coming to its end? I, I wrote a poem it's a very short poem. Very short poem. It's called Lovers in Armageddon. And I uh, I feel called to share it with you all. I'm going to do that real quick. I, I don't have it directly in front of me. I'm going to need to pull it up. But I, I just feel called to share it because I think it kind of captures that. This is something, I, again, I've been sitting with lately. This, this idea of when for to all for to all come down all of it how would we respond and I wrote about that again in another poem called the the uh, the young hero and I've shared that one on this podcast before actually um, so I, you may remember that one you may not it's also the first poem in the mystical collection so all right, let me let me read this. And this is sort of ties into the lovers, because I think the lovers and the tower card are so deeply interconnected. I mean, you got six and you got sixteen, so you got sixes in both of them. Um, but in order to step into love, we have to allow the illusions that we have about it fall to the wayside. So. And really love is about entering into that space of timelessness with the beloved. So I'm going to read this for you. And I think, you know, this is what I try to capture. In that. If only our dream would never end. Together was all we ever wanted. In the arms of my beloved, surrendered to a timeless moment. Feeling your heart's rhythm as we move together closer. The walls crash around us, but our love expands outward. With only my beloved is the lover ready to die, unsure of the other side 
but with you, I'm fully alive. As the fire moves in near, warmth burns away the illusion. Our love can never be taken. It's our nature to remain in union. With nowhere to escape, radical love present for our fate, hand in hand through the darkness, discovering paradise within the pain. That is lovers in Armageddon. And you know, Man, it would be real ominous if I put that as the, uh, there's there's an artwork that I associated with this. Oh, what I'll do is I'll link the poem in the Substack, or in the episode show notes. I put it on Substack, and there's an artwork that I put to it. I'm not going to use it as the uh, the episode artwork, because if I put if I title this, like, Tarot Your Head or something, and I see this artwork, they'll be like, oh my god, is it all ending? Like, I don't know, that would feel too much like clickbait, to be perfectly honest with you. Um but it's really capturing the essence of the poem, I feel like. So I'll, I'll link that so you guys can check it out and read the poem with the artwork. But it's two lovers, the lover and the beloved, sitting there in union, overlooking a mushroom cloud, which is about to blow up the whole planet. Like, And it sounds dark, like horribly dark, but it's a beautiful image in the same sense like there's something so real about it that really moved me and it's actually I saw that and this poem just kind of came in and I'm like oh so I will go check it out I'm not going to put it as the album or episode artwork but uh, it's there if you guys want to look in the episode show notes and our last theme uh, for the 13 Lunar Cycles here is that of the hero font. And again, if you're familiar with tarot, uh, you know, I know what the hero font is, but really, this is about being the student, finding the mentor, finding the teacher. And it doesn't have to be a person, it can be an art, a concept, an idea, and you choosing to open your heart to learn. Could be about the journey itself, who you are. That seems to be the theme, right in the back of the chariot, to know who you are. And it's time to find others who have done just that and learn from them. Learn from the great traditions, learn from the mystic traditions. This is a time for you to become a student of life, a student of love, a student of the lovers, a student of the beloved, a student of the timeless dance. That is the true nature of who we are. You know, maybe you know who you are. You think you know who you are. But a lot of what we have come to know, it is coming crashing down. It is ending. The illusions are going by the wayside. 2020 was the perfect, the year of perfect vision. And that vision has only expanded, but it's also gone inward since. Embrace the role of student. Embrace that 
you're right where you need to be. Embrace that. There's a lot of unknown, a lot of uncertainty. That's all you can be certain of, as the card said earlier. So, be a student of the mystery itself. What can you learn as you peer into the mystery, as you peer into the shadows? You're shining light upon it. You will soon find out. And the light can expand infinitely. But so can the shadow. And so the process loops. As I talked about earlier with loops. And this last card that is meant to come out really just kind of ties it all together. It's not a theme in itself, but it's a reminder. It's a reminder. And it's the Six of Pentacles. The Six of Pentacles asks you to take a step back and understand that your fruits of abundance are here now. All the love that we just talked about, the ability to step in as the lover, the ability to let go of the bondage, the ability to let go of what no longer serves you, the opportunity to open up your heart so radically, to feel a love that is unlike any other, and we can feel it together here in this moment. So we open our hearts just a little bit deeper, just a little bit deeper. The fruits of abundance, everything that we're seeking or think we're seeking, it's right here. It always has been. Often, it's just our own perception that gets in the way from recognizing it. Everything you've ever wanted, your whole life, You were able to recognize it because it's already you. It's an extension of you. It's waiting to be claimed and owned. And you can't seek outside yourself. It must be recognized internally to see it mirrored externally. And the fact that you perceived it as separate, you were still perceiving it. Therefore, it was just an unconscious uh, yearning to integrate it and empower yourself. So everything that we have talked about in this reading, (laughs) riding on the back of the chariot, it's all here now. Hop on. Let's become students of the great mystery and open ourselves up to a new level of love as lover and beloved dancing and intertwining to the rhythm of the sacred dance. Let's embrace that opportunity. Let's embrace that. Ah, blessed be. Blessed be. Thank you, Grace Spirit, for allowing the cards here today to shine light upon the path as we move forward in this new year. 
and new opportunity to step into ourselves fully. May we enter this period with grace. May we continue to come back to the whispers in the wind and be one with the synchronicities and the guidance and trust in our heart. Trust in it enough to continue to follow it. Thank you, Grace Spirit. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I embrace and I accept your fruits of abundance here, now, as they were always mine to claim. Aho, aho, it is done. It is done. That's going to wrap up this episode, this reading. Thank you all for being here. I didn't know how it would turn out. I didn't know where these cards were going to take us, to be perfectly honest with you. But it makes a lot of sense. This is what we're looking at. We're going to get... We're going to... I don't even want to say get through this. Because there's nothing, there's nothing we need to get through. We're just going to continue to level up. We're going to continue to open our hearts in such a way... Gosh. I can't even imagine what we're going to look like a year's time from now. I'll do another one on the night when I'm turning 28. How about that? If you'd like a donation-based tarot reading, shoot me a message. Uh, my contact, the ability to contact me, it's all in the episode show notes. Click the link. And uh, yeah, that's going to wrap up this episode, everybody. I appreciate you all for tuning in. I hope this was helpful for you as it was for me. Like, shit, I got a lot of sit to sit with and integrate after this. My gosh. And, you know, I'm glad I did it as an episode because originally I was just going to do it for myself. And I think sitting here just talking about it out loud uh, and really explaining it and having to sit with it. And, like, it, you know, it's like a reading for all of us, not just a reading for me. That really helped connect a lot of dots for me that maybe if I was just sitting with it for myself I wouldn't have seen so yeah thank you for tuning in I uh, hope you have a wonderful holiday a wonderful new year hope you had a Merry Christmas or if you're listening to this in July of 2026 I hope you're having a nice day let's go wrap up this episode I'll see you all next time so long <laughs>